Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Do you remember when we were friends in the 80s? In the 80s. Do you Recording. This is the first one. You alright? Yeah, I'm alright. You alright? I'm alright. So, I, I guess we should kind of... Well, it was all explained in the intro. We've known each other. Well, before we press record, we were talking about this. I, I kept saying 30 years and you was quick to point out it's actually it's, 40 years. It's 40, isn't it? That's fucking ridiculous. It's mental, isn't it? So, we met 40 years ago uh, this month... And pretty much for the last 20 years, maybe, I've been catching up once a month and with our other mates, which I'm sure will crop up as, as the years start to unfold on this podcast. Yeah. And some of the stories, it's not all about the year that, that, that sorry, the month that we're talking about on this podcast, but it will all be based around that year and some of the things that have happened will trigger stories that have happened to us over the last 40 years. And Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. Otherwise, it's probably going to be a really bleak podcast. Or short. Yeah. <laughs> well, so what we're going to do, I think, is, is kind of touch on films uh, that, we're in, that come out this month and records that were in the charts this month, news stories, sporting events, things that like were invented and, and, and made it onto the market. White dog shit. White dog shit, uh, sweets, crisps, fizzy drinks, um, TV shows. Hmm. Yeah. So, I think it's a good idea to start with films today. So, we're talking uh, September 1980. Yeah. So, that was when we met, which is... Fucking hell. Do you know what? Like, before, I know we ain't even going to mention... It wasn't on the kind of list of things to talk about. When I think 1980, that was the first year, it's just popped into my head, that I started collecting football stickers. So what would 1980... Was it a World Cup year or was it Europa? Europa 80. Yeah, it was Europa 80. Europa, Europa 80. And so I had the sticker book for... Did you have the sticker book for that? I didn't, no. No, no, Mexico... Was it... That? Hispania no, it was 82. Hispania 82 was my first yeah. one, yeah. I had Europa 80 and I remember having the Panini like 1981 because the cover was white. Yeah. And I think 81 was green. I might be wrong. Well, we've got computers in front of us, so we can reference this. But yeah, that was the first year that I remember collecting football sticks. I kind of remember like swapping them with anyone. Like, and I don't know if you, there was a, a sticker book in 79 or anything. I wish you'd done some, some, uh, yeah, some, some prep on but this. But I'd like to say that's going to be a theme in the whole podcast is we haven't done enough prep so we'll be going well I don't know whether there really is and then there'll be just a moment of silence while we check it yeah and then just go yeah we found out there was yeah um, and we thought it'd be a good idea to uh, just carry on with a tradition uh, of boys beer uh, which is Cunt and I just drinking lager while we're doing this and so no doubt the chats will get more and more 
um, ladder. Lad. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, should we start? Should we start with films? Yeah, go on then. Yeah. Well, I've got one that I want to throw in the mix just because I've got a good story for it. So this was the year that um, Flash Gordon came out. Yeah. You like Flash Gordon? I, I, I do like Flash. Well, I, I did like Flash Gordon. Yeah. What do you mean you did? What's the problem with Flash Gordon? I don't know. I ain't seen it for ages, so I presume I still like it. It's I've li- got no reason to think I wouldn't like it, but I'm right. just saying I, haven't, I probably haven't seen it for over 30 years. Seriously? Yeah. It's on like every Christmas. Is it? Anyway, it's just been reissued. What is not a 40th anniversary? 40 years. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if Sam Sam Jones, I think, was the actor that played Flash. I don't know if he's doing anything, but any excuse for Blessed to Gordon's alive? <laughs> like, uh, I'm sure he's uh, he's rattling that off. But in 1980, not only did I meet you. Uh, I met my mate Mark, and you know Mark as well. I do, yeah. And uh, Mark, Mark had cool shit. So Mark moved like to where we live uh, in Essex, and I was asked to be his mate, like, because he'd come to our school, and the teacher was like, "Can you can you be friends with Mark?" So I was like, "Yeah, all right." And Mark had a drum kit, a go kart, a lot like, of motorized go kart. So I didn't realise how cool Mark was when I asked him to be friends with you. <laughs> <laughs> you're, already, a, you're already out your deck. I know. And a motorbike, right? And I was thinking, fucking hell, like, why has Mark got all this cool shit? Well, Mark's dad weren't about much because Mark's dad was a cameraman, a key grip, and uh, and would be away filming some incredible films, like Star Wars films, Flash Gordon. It's already sounding like Mark's dad was in prison, but he weren't. No, he, he really <laughs> weren't. Yeah, he, he just disappeared to uh, the cost of Del Sol. But, um, no, so Mark's old man filmed Flash Gordon, and one of the cool things was, and I've not told you this before, and I know you're going to think I'm fucking lying because of where this story's then going to go. Yeah. But. I'm already wary. Right, we had wingmen's wings, and they were like a thick foam. Right, with like these just straps. So we had a pair of wingmen. So when men. you say we had wingmen's wings, Mark did. <laughs> I didn't. What they were around? They were just hanging yeah. around, around and they were house. like really flimsy and cheap, but sort of spray painted like gold and black. Yeah. And he had like a gold sword. It was like made out of fiberglass. Remember his gold sword, and he had like two guns. And so we would play army, and like guns and stuff with the Flash Gordon with the stuff. Props from Flash. With the props from Flash Gordon. And that's not a lie. But, <laughs> well, I'll just, uh, am I going to put this on record here? Well, you might as well. You put it in your book and embarrass me. Well, I didn't put it in to embarrass you. I put it in just because <laughs> I, I sort of remembered it happening. It's one of them things that I have to think, did that really happen? Because obviously we've ended up knowing each other so long. Yeah. Right. So I'll, I'll tell tell the listeners for the for a point, you know, just, just to keep yeah. them up to speed. So... When when me and uh, and Roy met at Cubs, one of uh one of the first this must have been one of your introductory friendship things. No, it wasn't a line that I'd used before. Oh, well, I don't know. So I wonder whether you felt the pressure of knowing Mark now, and he had all these cool things around his house. Whether you thought, oh, this is a great way to make friends. I should point out that Mark was in um, ninth grade Saba with all the cool kids and all the kids that were really good at football. And then that cub pack filled up really quickly. So they launched ninth grade Aruba. Yeah. Which was like, if there was like some kind of like Porky's type film or some kind of like fraternity film where like all, all the. Saba were meat and we were peewee. Yeah. It was literally was Revenge of the Nerds, like <laughs> our, our cub pack. So, yeah, we was in that one, and we was... What, what, what was the score of the first game of cup football we played? Did think, we lose? I think the first... Was the first one 13-3? Right. I, I, do you know what? I was down the dipping the other day, right? Just, like, walking across the, the old pitch where we used yeah. to play football. And uh, I just remembered, like, uh, our goalkeeper uh, collecting the ball and the ref going, come on, goal kick. And he put it down like he was going to take a goal kick from the ground. And they're one of the big kids from the other team because 
club football would be like from age fucking would like seven or eight up to eleven, wouldn't it? Yeah. One of the big kids from the other team yeah. just come in and just booted the ball in the net. The goalkeeper put it down, he just booted it in the net and the ref just gave <laughs> the ref just gave the goal and went, I didn't mean that kind of goal kick. But we, we was all we was all like seven or eight, weren't we? We yeah. was all like because we were a new cub pack, we were all like entry age. Yeah. And all the other cup packs were like a mixture of ages. They so all had pubes, didn't they? they? A few of them did, didn't they? That kid who scored the goal definitely had pubes. It's cheating, though, isn't it? You should you should have to move on to scouts when you get pubes. <laughs> it shouldn't be based on age. It should, it should be based should on, be on pubes. pubes. If your pubes, come on, mate. Up you go, yeah. scouts. Arkayla checks you every week. If you sprouted a few, that's it. I'm Off sure that sort of thing probably went on anyway. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, so I, I met you at Ninth Grade Aruba and introduced yourself by saying, "Hello, my dad, <laughs> my dad played the role of two one B medical droid in the Star Wars sequel, The Empire Strikes Back." <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember saying that to me? No, well, I, really? I, I remember I've told people in the past when I was little that I was a Jawa. Yeah, because that, that was one of the subsequent lies. Yeah. Of like that, that I. I think you'd kind of got you got you'd got comfortable with the lie about your dad being two one B medical. It was an animatronic puppet. It weren't even a fucking person playing it. I've gone back and uh, and since discovered how badly researched your lie was. It's a big old lump, old man, as well. <laughs> he isn't he? He wouldn't fit in that. <laughs> I wonder why I made that lie up. I think it. I, I well, knowing now what I know about like Mark and all the cool stuff you yeah. had around his house. I wonder whether you just felt like. Although you had your you had your fucking Panini Europa eighty annual, I didn't have that. You could have said that, and I'd have been impressed. Yeah, you didn't have to tell me your dad was in Star Wars. <laughs> well, I'm glad we got that out of the way. Anyway, it's been yeah. bothering me for a long while. Yeah, like I don't think like you. Should, I mean, be flags. I don't honestly think I told anyone else that my dad was 2-1-B medical droid. Since then, you've told every cunt that listens that I told everyone <laughs> my dad was 2-1-B medical droid. Oh, fucking hell. So, have you done any prep on other films that come out? No, not really. I had a little look on the internet, and I kind of, September 1980 seemed to be a bit of a bit of a barren month for ones that I'd actually fucking heard. Like Flash Gordon, obviously, I, yeah. I saw at the time. I remember my... My main memory of that is like Peter Duncan pre Blue Pete. You know, you didn't know who he fucking was then, yeah. but it turned out it was Peter Duncan putting his hand into this fucking weird yeah. tree trunk thing and getting bit. And getting bit. Was that like post Duncan Dares and all of that? Perhaps that was his first dare. Perhaps that inspired Duncan Dares. Brilliant. There you go. We're, we're literally fucking dispelling myths as we go here. But see, I, I must have really liked Flash Golden because I, I remember like. We um a bit late a bit later on. I don't want to shoot me bolt about the whole eighties tonight. It being the first one, yeah. But a bit later on, when like because my old man was just like starting up his own business and doing all right for himself in 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 the early eighties, and we we went to America in nineteen eighty one because Freddie Lake had done this fucking deal on his oh, on his yeah, Skytrain planes, and that was the one time we went to America, and um I remember being in like a big fucking you know like a big department store. And seeing these walls of fucking Star Wars figures and just like going like, wow, wow. And I could choose two. I could have any two I wanted. And I picked fucking, I went, I bypassed all the Star Wars figures and I picked Flash Golden and Ming the Merciless. Oh, I wonder what they're worth now. You still got them? Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> oh, are they? They've got to be worth fuck all, haven't they? Have you still got them? Yeah. I bet they're worth a few quid. What, Flash Gordon and Ming the Merciless? Definitely. Nah, I don't give a flying fuck about Flash Gordon, do they? I should have got the rocket firing Boba Fett, shouldn't I? Yeah. I remember seeing shelves of them. Because <laughs> it was America. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you spoiled fuck. America. Yeah. I was literally going to Lowestoft then. No, you've already fucking told me. You've the, we, we had a little chat before. And so the, the Empire Strikes Back, You you went to the... You went to see it in London? Yeah, Leicester Square. Yeah. Then got took afterwards to uh, Hamley's, where I got to choose two figures. Uh, unlike you, I went for Luke Skywalker and uh, R2-D2. Oh, there you go. But I remember being in the car on the way home, and I remember my dad telling me I weren't allowed to open them in case I lost the guns. 
I think that's, that's, that's sage advice, though, isn't it? It is great advice um, because I, I remember, like, um, you know, a few years later going to Saver Centre in Basildon. When that opened, that was like... that was like The biggest supermarket ever it, outside of America. Yeah, yeah, it, it felt like that, didn't it? Yeah. And they had, like... It felt like... Even though it was, like, 10 miles up the road, it felt like... They had they had figures there you couldn't get anywhere else. Oh, definitely. I fucking loved them places. You could get figures where you couldn't. Them ones you couldn't get anywhere else. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll, we'll get onto that uh, in a few months' time when we talk about our uh, our stealth find. Would that, would that have been Jedi? That would have been. It was a it was an Empire Strikes Back figure, but I don't think it come out until Jedi. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. So if we if we're moving month by month, we're not going to get onto that until um, two thousand and twenty three. Yeah. Okay. This is a ten year project project, and it to go right the way through the eighties. Yeah. All right. So leading up to to that month, was there any major films that 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 would have been sort of doing the round still? I mean, I, I had a I had a little look earlier on, and I don't know whether I would have would have seen any of them. In the eighties, but I definitely saw them all since when I when I kind of had my my massive horror bent in the late eighties. Friday the Thirteenth, The Shining, and then a uh, uh, Blues Brothers was another big one from a uh, nineteen eighty and uh, Airplane. Oh, do you know what? I watched Airplane again about two months ago? It was on telly, um, and uh, oh, it's fucking great. It's so stupid. I ain't seen Airplane for fucking oh, years. Brilliant. It's proper brilliant. And Blues Brothers was on again uh, a little while ago. And I've got to be honest with Blues Brothers. It's one of them films where I just want to see Aretha do Think, and then I want to see Ray Charles do Shake a Tail Feather, and maybe them do Rawhide. Yeah. And I'm not really interested in the rest. Yeah. I don't like car chase films and car films. We'll definitely get onto that as we work our way through the 80s. Because uh, I have a serious issue with, with uh, car chase films, Cannibal Run, um, Smoking the Bandit, anything Why are like people that. people chasing each other outside of cars? I've got no problem with that. On foot? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Absolutely fine with that. Because, I mean, that, we've, we've started at the 80s, and obviously the, the 70s were very good for p- chase scenes when a door got kicked open, and there was always two people in bed, and yep. the lady would kind of... Ah! Oh, knockers. Knockers, yep. knockers. Guaranteed knockers <laughs> in a chase scene in the 70s, wasn't there? Do you think that's like um, a thing that was like... A kind of like, a, you know, a conversation that was had in the industry. It was like, look, I've just got this film pitch, and it's like, okay, right. Um, where, where are the tits? Yeah, where, where's? Hang on a minute. You've just kicked the door open. There's what? There's no one in the room. Nah, nah, nah. Sorry, mate. Do you know what I think? I think in the seventies they had a tick quota. Is that and, how it works? Yeah, and you had to tick off. You had to tick it off. So, right. Well, so we'll get too many kicks. The door open. Of, of that flat, yeah. and then it, you know, like in, like in Police Academy, one of one of my favourites. Um, they had to make up because there weren't many throughout the film. Yeah, they had to make them up in a sh- the scene where he was kind of standing outside the showers. Yeah, and you, yeah, you tick ten off, or or, or on the on the uh, the saxophone by the uh, by the fire. <laughs> All right, we we need to get six sets of knockers in. Uh, we've we've not hit the quota. That's all right. We'll, just we get six girls to just take their tops off around the fire. Yeah. Like, um, I never went to a party like that. <laughs> oh, what a given to be at that party. Tackleberry's eyes were nearly popping out playing his saxophone. I don't give a about party. Uh, <laughs> um, but I think, like, I'm sure this will crop up as, as we discuss films, you know, as we work our way through the 80s. Like, that whole thing. And even into the 90s, like, American films, their parties, their house parties, were never like, Oh yeah, come in. Does everybody know like Tina? Um, you know, just turn the music down a little bit. Sorry, we can't really. There's a buffet in there. It was just like everything just went mental, didn't it? It yeah. was like it looked so exciting, and like yeah. Anyway, shall we talk about a little bit of music? Yeah, let's. So I've got the chart in front of me from uh, 1980 September. Uh, Number one, the week we met, start by the jam. It's a good place to start. See what we've done there? It's a good start. Yeah. We should have started with this. It, it's a fucking good song start, isn't it? It's a good song start, isn't it? Favourite jam record? What are you going for? I don't know. 
What's your one? I'll probably say Tankle Malice. Tankle Malice is fucking brilliant, isn't it? The, the, the thing is, is, when I sort of heard Tankle Malice and going underground too much to remember how much I liked them. Exactly, but I've heard That's Entertainment too much as oh, well. The, yeah, I can't fucking, I can't hear That's Entertainment yeah. anymore. Bitter is Pills good. Bitter is Pills. See, I really like Beat Surrender as well. Yeah. See, that's really weird because I remember um, being around yours and you had like VHSs of Top of the Pops, didn't you? Yeah. And I remember like borrowing one of them and it had Beat Surrender on there. It's a long time ago, isn't it? <laughs> it's a long time. Was that? That was about 80, was that 82 or 83? Not sure. Was that, that would have been, was Beat Surrender their last single or was Bitterest Pill their last single? I think, I thought Beat Surrender was, but I'm not sure. Yeah. It was a number one though, wasn't it? Oh, was it? I think so. I think so. It was hard to get a number one in the 80s. Madness had one number one, didn't they, in their entire career? What was that? Uh, House of Fun. House of Fun. I thought it was our house. No, House of Fun. Right. I'm not a massive fan of House of Fun. No, it's, it's, it's... if it was anyone else's song, it'd probably be their best song. But because yeah. it's Madness, it's sort of in the middle somewhere, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, well, while we talk about Madness, um, Baggy Trousers was troubling the charts as well. Yeah. Um, and so I, I guess Madness has been probably something that we've discussed, the band, not the the, the, uh, the, the state of mind. Like, uh, <laughs> but that's something that has, has been something we've had in common pretty much since we were as far back as we can remember, I think. Yeah. And, like, just how fucking incredible Madness are as a band to the point where we like Madness when no one liked Madness anymore, didn't we? Yeah. Like, when we went... We and, liked them when everyone liked them. Yeah. And then we carried on liking them when no one liked them. Well, because can you, can you remember when we went um, and watched them? We didn't even watch the play, but they'd wrote a play, hadn't they? We, we Right, so this was... That was... Um, the, the Nutty Boys, who was Lee and Chris, yeah, uh, their their kind of offshoot band after Madness had broken up, were playing a gig in um, Islington. Yeah, we used to um, go and watch them a lot. At, didn't at we? the Parish, yeah, yeah, we went to see them all over the place, didn't we? Hmm. Well, like all over London, because it was mostly just like these kind of little pub gigs in London. Yeah. And um, and that same night, Suggs and Chaz had a play on at the Old Red Lion in Islington. So yeah. before the Nutty Boys played, we went. We just went and had a beer in the old red line in the Opus seeing Suggs and Chazin because this play had sold out. Yeah. I, I'm not fully convinced we'd have gone and watched a play anyway, even if it had been written by two from Fools and Horses was in it, wasn't she? <laughs> was she? Yeah, because she was in the pub. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, I, I, no, I remember yeah, that. I remember that. I remember going in there and like, well, I mean, that was a mind fuck, wasn't it, going in there? I remember we bothered Suggs into doing an intro for Serious Problem. Do you remember that? Oh, my God. Because I had my old video camera. And we bothered Suggs into going, um, ladies and gentlemen, I'll present to you serious problem. We were going to use it for some video and we never used it for anything. And fuck knows where. I mean, so it'd be on an old tape somewhere. Oh, I forgot all about that. Yeah. I've got. I've still got photos of me with Suggs and me with Chrissy Boy. And was Chaz there as well? Ch- Chaz was there because I remember um, he was sort of sat in a, in a booth. Was Den there that night? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the night... <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the night he came out the toilet, and he just put his last wipe on the table. That's right, and like it was beige. <laughs> and I went, "What's that?" He went, "That's my last wipe." I went, "That needs a couple more wipes." That's fucking beige. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we were sat at the booth. And we I must should have... point out, Den's not a member of Madness. Den was Dennis, our <laughs> <hey>, mate. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, yeah. So Ch- I remember sort of saying to Chaz, oh, "Can I have a photo?" And him going, "Yeah." And uh, him going, "So how do you want me to look in it?" And I just said to him, um, "Can you look like we've been mates for years?" And he just put his arm around me, and looked like <laughs> we've been mates for years. I'm fucking so pleased with that photo still. Oh, uh, I, I had that blown up to A3 on some sort of photocopy, and I had it on my wall for years. My photo with, with uh, Suggs. I remember thinking, "Fucking hell!" Like met madness, and like, yeah. So. That's one of them things that, you know, we, we've gone on to see the band, we was at Madstock, and yeah, it was like, madness has been a big thing, you know, a theme throughout I can, most of our chats, and whenever we talk about music, we will generally talk about uh, 
critically underrated they are. And, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, they're as just their social commentary is just as vital as anything the Kinks ever said, I think. You yeah. Know? Um, some other tunes I'm going to rattle off. Uh, <laughs> Can't Stop the Music by the Village People. I, I see, I fucking love the Village People. I properly, properly love the... That was my first first single, wasn't it? Al- alongside Oliver's Army yeah. in the Navy. So, you know... And I'm not... I've got to be honest. Like, I remember telling you, because you... Uh, you weren't winding me up, was you? What? When I told you, like, you didn't realise that the village people were like gay icons. You no, just I didn't thought, know. You just thought that bloke, bloke, <laughs> blokes like up. us who like dressing up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they did. And yeah. they were really good at it. Yeah, they But were. You, you, you weren't quite aware that they were... <laughs> no, I didn't know. <laughs> it's iconic gay band. Oh, so I never laughed. Oh, no, I found out... Uh, did I find out if you were off the word? But it was like... It was in the, well in the 90s when I found out... <laughs> I'm serious. Like I had fucking, I had their records like "Sex Over the Phone" and "Macho Man." I yeah. had no idea. Yeah, Macho good Man. for them. Yeah, just being who they wanted to be. Exactly. Um, Bank Robber by the Clash. I mean, I I can't remember the Clash as a kid. No, I don't remember it. Like I, I, I definitely discovered the Clash retrospectively, and and probably all the all the punk stuff. Yeah. Like, because we we're both what, like forty-seven. Yeah. Ish, yeah, and uh, yeah, like that. I remember, I remember hearing the chart countdown because we watched Top of the Pops fucking religiously, like yeah. you know, and and I remember like my dad berating me because I talked when um uh Barbara Streisand's Woman in Love was on, and and he'd set the tape with like the play and record like by the TV, and if you talked, it just it fucked it, and like every week we'd kind of record all you know, and be like shh. shh. And record all the things <laughs> off the TV, you know, with with the old kind of tape player. But um, where's our fucking where's our fucking game with that? Uh, we talk about punk and, oh, yeah, and the yeah, Clash. Yeah, and, and I rem- so I remember like the top of the pops countdowns. Yeah, and like um, hearing the Sex Pistols name and thinking that's a bit of a strange name, but not knowing what, probably not even knowing what Sex or a Pistol was at the time. Well, I, I remember that, and like, and, and I remember like, you know, just thinking the Sex Pistols was like. Was something to do with sex. I remember thinking it was like rude, and like. And oh, see, I never knew sex was rude. Then did you kind of get visited in your tent by Sheer Khan? <laughs> <laughs> you were always a bit different after that cup camp. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, it, it is weird because you say that, right? And so this was also like um, th- th- there was a, a wall. Where like I used to go to my nan's in Tilbury, and 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 around that in 1980, that the skinhead movement, like like the kind of more right wing skinhead movement, yeah, was rife in Tilbury, yeah, and uh, and 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 I remember, like as I I used to sort of be in like my parents' car, and we'd drive into Tilbury and spray painted on this wall was Angela Rippon's bum, not like the words Angela Rippon's bum, yeah. And I remember just thinking, wow, that's well rude. <laughs> yeah. And like and, and just not knowing what it was. But I knew Angela Rippon was. And you knew what a bum was. <laughs> you just put two and two together. Yeah. But I just remember thinking, oh my God. And like and I remember being in the back of the car and I feeling a bit embarrassed. Yeah. That like I was in the car with my parents and they could see it and I was thinking, oh my God, like this yeah. woman's it's that woman's bum off the telly. But it was a an oi band. It was like a skinhead oi band, Andrew yeah. Rippman's bum. I don't know if they were a Tilbury band. but I think, uh, they, were, I think they were a Tilbury band. Right. And, uh, yeah, I don't even know if you can, if they even exist on, on YouTube. I'm sure they do in some way, shape or form. Um, but speaking of punk, uh, Splodgenessa bands, um, which were in the charts with their cover of um, Two Little Boys. Yeah, and... and- and that was a song we talked about naming the naming the show after for for thirty seconds. Well, it that was, was our that's our song. Yeah, it's our song. And it's, <laughs> I really feel we should have the old Simon <laughs> Simon Bates music there. Um, yeah, because I mean we 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 can't be bigging up Rolf. I mean I'm sure. I mean we we uh, you know we met Rolf, didn't we? Yeah. 
we uh, we met him in well, I met him twice. We met him in London, didn't we? Yeah, we we bumped into him, didn't we? Round by Leicester Square, where yeah. we were going to an indie club one night. Yeah, got really excited, didn't we? Yeah. We don't think we had a camera that night, but he'd done a book signing. Yeah, a little while later at Smith's, and we all got dressed up. I don't think he was there. No, you went with serious. Problems, yeah, didn't you? we all went down there and got our photos with him, and it was like because he was like proper retro call Rolf yeah. Harris, and then obviously he started diddling with kids and and it all went wrong didn't it but yeah. um but two little boys was covered by splodgenessa bands so the aforementioned so, so you play you did you play with splodgenessa yeah. bands when you were doing the probs yeah and so serious problems supported uh splodgenessa bands and it was one of the first gigs that i went to um with my new girlfriend uh and i remember like Oh, a like that. So hold on, you took your new girlfriend, who you don't want to find out what you're really like, to a serious problem gig. Okay, well, it was a second gig. Do you want me to talk about the first gig? <laughs> yes, please. So the first gig was at Liberty's in Romford. <laughs> Remember? It's coming flooding back to me. <laughs> Remember? Yeah. So I used to wear these green furry trousers that had a very loose elastic waistband. And uh, and um, schoolboy era. Um, my my new. Do you know what? Every single thing that happened in them early dates, you was there. Like, um, <laughs> I'm but, it for you. yeah, like, and 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 I remember, like, she was bringing her mates to watch the band in in Romford, and I remember them coming down the stairs into the venue, and I walked up to say hello. I didn't need to say hello because you'd run up behind me. I, it might even have been Andy. Pulled my trousers and pants down. That no, was me. I remember doing it. And that. then went, hello! <laughs> so I'm standing at the bottom of the stairs in front of my girlfriend and all her mates with my cock and bollocks. <laughs> the second... That's funny now, isn't it? Yeah, then I come around your fireworks with her, didn't I? And that's when uh, I lit the firework and then run into the oh, iron yeah. bar into my plums. Bar, yeah. yeah, and ended up laying on the floor holding my bollocks while the firework went off next to my I head. I don't know how your plums were still attached to your I body I've no that. idea. I've no idea. Um, but we went to... she came to watch... She came with me to watch uh, us support Splodgenessa bands. So what was their big hit, Splodgenessa bands? Two pints of lard and a packet, of, packet crisps. of crisps. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, this would have been 94... No, 95 maybe... In their heyday, then? Well, no, obviously. Like, oh. they were spent. Like, because obviously that's 15 years after their career, and God knows what they've been up to, but it weren't pleasant. And uh, and anyway, we played, and then they've come on to headline, and I was like, let's stick about and watch them. And she went, oh, they look horrible. I don't want to go. I, I want to go. I was like... Well, no, like, you can't just fuck off and not watch the band. Yeah, you can't be the support band and fuck off when the main yeah. band goes on. So we sort of had a bit of a, not a rare, but like a few words of me just kind of going, well, no, that's not how it works. You know, we've we got to stick about. And then he'd come on stage and he went, oh, before we start, and he just emptied his colostomy bag into a pint glass and drunk it. She was like, I want to go now. And I was like, come on, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I misjudged the situation, didn't I? <laughs> oh, fucking horrible cunt. When he emptied his colostomy bag into a pint glass Yeah, but for? you've got to make an impression at the start of a gig, haven't you? Well, no one stuck about for the rest of it. <laughs> but yeah. So, um, yeah, Splodge uh, released Two Little Boys. Um, at number 24... Paranoid by the Mighty Black Sabbath. Yeah, a song I'm, uh, I have a lot of good memories about. Was that the last time you danced? I don't know if it was the last time I danced or the first time I didn't dance. That's a very good point. But I mean, give some backstory on what we're talking about. So we we used to we used to go out in 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 the nineties. I'd say we'd go out on probably yeah, nice one. We'd we'd go out on a what two or three. Four, five times a week to shit indie gigs and shit indie clubs. Yeah, we? that was the that was the nineties for us. Yeah, and uh, there was one particularly fucking wretched example. Was that was that club art it in Southend? Yeah, club art in Southend. Like the idea of it being anything to do with art, it was just fucking. It was horrible. <laughs> I've never thought that it was the least arty place you could ever go. Yeah, it was. It was just like one of these horrible indie clubs, and uh, just one pound a pint of Miller Lite. Yeah, and, and it, it was very light, wasn't it? It was so light. It was one of them places where 
you could drink a shitload of booze beforehand, and then by the time you got to the bottom of the stairs in that club, you'd sobered up, and then would just be bloated for the night on like eight pints of literally watered down Miller. If if you try, you'd get an headache before you got drunk, wouldn't you? It was just <laughs> fuck. It was just horrible. And uh, I remember because we we was the only ones that could drive out of our mates because we couldn't get any mates our own age. We had to hang around with kids that were two years younger. So we was the only ones that could, <laughs> we was the only ones that could drive. So we'd take it in turns, wouldn't we, weekly to yeah. to drive up there one. And the person who was the designated driver would have the worst fucking night ever, wouldn't they? I just, can't just, explain how bad that was that night. I th- well, but we kept going, didn't yeah. we? It's because because it was, there was nothing. Because it was alternative, and there was nothing else really. And it. As crass as it sounds, it was just the fact that the one that was pissed would probably cop off with a girl. Yeah. Right. And, well, we, we can talk about the time that that happened and me and you fell out. <laughs> what time's that? The, well, the time that I was driving. Oh, the time. So, where was we Where was we fucking going with this? So, oh, so yeah. So, there, there was a night you drove us up there. Yeah. You was in there, I reckon you was in there under 15 minutes. <laughs> just, well, well, once, well, once, because if you were sober, like, the girls in there just looked worse, didn't they, when you were sober? Yep. You're not allowed to say that in the hashtag Me Too environment, but they did look worse when you were sober yeah. in the 90s when it was all right. And um, you you walked round, I think you'd done the once round of the club and then just walked straight back out again and said, <laughs> I'll meet you in the car at the end. And you sat in your car from like fucking, it must have been like half past nine until two o'clock <laughs> when they kicked out. And then me and, uh, was it? Strand. It was Strand, wasn't it? Our, our mate who we were knocking about with at the time. Uh, there were these two girls who lived in Shoebury Ness whose mum and dad were away for the weekend. And uh, we'd got talking to them. And uh, they'd invited us back round their house. And we came out with those girls. And you were sat there in your Volvo. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ready to take us home. We said, now oh, listen, we're going to go back with these birds. Right, no, you tried to be, you tried to be all like, oh, and I was like, what? And like, but I'd already seen you, all, all of you's come out like fucking Rita Sue and Bob too. And I was thinking like, <laughs> <laughs> I remember thinking, oh, fuck's sake. And all I was bothered I about. What's happening here? <laughs> but I was thinking, I ain't driving them home. Like, I was thinking, don't expect me to drop them anywhere. Oh, that's, I wonder why you had the arsehole when I walked out. It's because you thought you might, might not get a bit of petrol money off someone. But you was fucking hammered and like you sort of tapped on the window and I already just thought, cunts. And I remember just undoing the window and you're like, Roy, uh, we, 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 we're going to go back around here, mate. Like, we're going to go back to their ass. Yeah. And I was like, fine, see ya. No, you didn't. didn't you I? just said something like, cunts. <laughs> I think you just said, like, cunts. And then just like, and put your window up. And then just like, 
and then just like drove off with like a little wheel spin, like you know, like a little angry wheel spin. <laughs> I remember the EastEnders drum roll was needed. It was then. Oh, fucking brilliant! And what they, I remember you saying to you saying since then, what were you thinking all the way home? I hope this car crashes and I die. <laughs> <laughs> That's so petty man. <laughs> but we actually said that the whole fucking purpose of why um, we started talking about club art, which was paranoid by Sabbath, where uh, which saw uh, you. It was yeah. a statement more than anything, wasn't it? Well, I, I think looking back, I remember being in the middle of the dance floor, and I could see everyone in the entire club where I was so tall, and I think it might have been. Like feeling a bit self-conscious about being the tallest person in the club. Yeah, and so, <laughs> and I was never that. I was never that blessed with rhythm, was I? No. So, um, at, at that point, I thought, Do you know what? What am I doing? Just dancing here in the middle of the club, like like a fucking, you know, like a meeting point for anyone that's lost their friends. <laughs> but you haven't had my come. So I thought, Do you know, I'm not going to dance anymore. I'm just like I feel uncomfortable dancing. I'm not enjoying it. So. If a if a song I like comes on, yeah, I'll just go on the dance floor and just walk around with a pint. So you took a full pint, and I remember watching it, thinking well, that's weird, and like because it was Sabbath playing like Paranoid, and obviously there was loads of like kind of alternative like metalers like going mental to it, and you was just kind of it almost looked like you was kind of lurking. I didn't, I didn't with feel intent. like I was like <laughs> yeah maybe yeah maybe I was lurking with intent but I didn't feel like I was just I wasn't lurking you know like lurking like you weren't staring just having, you weren't, at, no. I wasn't staring at people was I but you weren't just having a look about you weren't just like having no, a I was stroll just, I was having a oh, yeah I felt like I, I was just having a bit of a bit of a like wonder it was I just remember thinking it was really weird I was like why is he doing that like but I, 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 I remember when you come out I was like what would you do there? He was like, oh, I like that song. And I was like, all right, fair enough. But I do remember just thinking, he's just having a little walk around the dance floor with a like, full pint, just like like he was looking for a seat. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite strange. Uh, uh, well, I think I'm just having a little look through uh, what else was in the charts. Uh, have you got any tunes on here you want to mention? Um, I mean... I'll t- do you... George Benson, Gimme the Night, I think's worth a fucking mention. I, I love Gimme the Night. Yeah. It's sort of like the end of the 70s, isn't it, Gimme the Night? Yeah. It's a fucking great record. And bizarrely, without getting too muso, um, also at number 26 was uh, One Day I Fly Away by Randy Crawford, uh, which I fucking love. And I think Randy Crawford's got one of the best voices ever. And a few years ago, she done a version of Gimme the Night. Oh, did she? And it's fucking awesome. Is it better than George's though? Mm, I don't know. It's good that song. I should I should say, you know, that our, our uh, mutual mate Jill. Yeah. Um, I went round went round his house and he made me a cup of tea in this mug, and it was George Benson's accountants and his missus had found it in a charity shop. <laughs> now their lad Caelan liked George Benson, so they bought him this mug as a present. Brilliant. George Benson's accountants. Is that your favourite Benson record? He's got a lot of good songs, George Benson. Yeah, that is, yeah. That yeah. is. He's got a lot of good records, hasn't he? Love Times Love. Yeah, it's good, Love Times Love. Lady, love me yeah, one like more that time. One. That's good. I heard, um, I heard In Your Eyes on the radio the other week, and it is fucking, it's a proper cheese fest, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. What was his other, like, big one? He had a big fucking... Never give up on a good player. Oh, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. He's good, isn't he? Yeah, he wrote... His mid- well ain't run dry, is it? No, nah, he wrote the Medeiros classic, didn't he? Oh, yeah, I, only fa- I only found out that yeah. the other week, yeah. Nothing's going to change, my love, for you. We should do that. Any song we talk about, we should sing a bit of it. This right. should be a thing. All right, we can do that. Finish with my woman, because she <laughs> couldn't help me with Get my... Get beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh... Too little. No, I see that one alone. Um, uh, oops, upside your head. The Gap Band. Is that the one where you sit and do the? That is yeah. Oh, is that Rock the Boat? No, I think. But I think people did it for Rock the Boat. But it was Oops, upside your head, wasn't it? Because when you sell, because both of us, did you? You DJ'd a few weddings, didn't you? Yeah. In the in the late eighties. Yeah. 
And uh, that would be one you'd play. You knew that everyone would fucking get on the dance floor, all sit down in a big line. Yep. There were some weird things happen, weren't there, at weddings when you kind of put certain songs on? Wedding, wedding DJing, I would like, I don't care how much I like people. You want to come and like, DJ me wedding? I'm like, nah, nah. nah. Like, uh, the last wedding that I done would have been about 1992. I was, I was DJing like a few clubs then, but. It was at Tilbury Power Station, and I think it was like a New Year's Eve, and I just remember at like one o'clock, there was just this fucking pissed up geezer, and he was going to me, one more brother, put one more on. I was like, I, I can't, the fella's just told me, like, I've got to stop. And then he was like, put another fucking record on if you know what's good for you. And I was thinking, <laughs> oh, fucking hell. And then he just leant over the DJ booth going, Hang the DJ, hang the DJ, hang the DJ. And oh, I was thinking when you got that bloke, and I just thought, oh, fuck off, mate. Um, I remember a wedding, uh, a wedding, uh, a gig I'd done where at the end of it, like I just wanted to go, and I just started packing my stuff, and I like, oh, put one more on, put one more on. Oh, will you play Red Red Wine, like I, I, you know, being a wedding DJ, I'd heard Red Red Wine a lot. Full version? Uh, no. Yeah, if you want to be there another fucking fifteen minute red red money make me feel so fine, keep me rocking all the time. Ah, oh, fuck off, mate. But um, go put red red wine on, put red red wine on, and I went, look, mate, I'm just packing me stuff up. Like they said, I'm not allowed to play. Oh, wait, that was my my one as well. They've said I'm not allowed to play any more records. You yeah. know, like the sound limit, or you know, he makes some fucking yeah. excuse up, and he produced a fiver. I'm like, flick through me records, <laughs> fucking straight on. Red, yeah. red, man! <laughs> Full version, mate. Yeah, give us a ten. You can have food and stuff, man. Keep me rocking all at a time. Oh, so brilliant. did you DJ any good weddings? No. No, I don't think i ever done any party that I'm thinking, God, that was good. Oh, like, really? I like, nah. I remember having some business cards made up, and I think I, like, and they were out with the machine. I think I paid, like, about a fiver for like 50 uh, sound discos, I called myself. <laughs> and, uh, and I put them in like some like news agents' windows. And I was only probably like, we was only like 17, 18, weren't we, yeah. when we was doing it. And like, and because you had a, a, a sort of deck set up and I yeah. did. And like, and yeah, it was like, but I do, I don't ever remember like, because I know like wedding DJs, now, like in a 500 quid and shit now. And like, I always remember, I don't think I ever got more than like a hundred quid. No, I don't know if I ever got more. It was like, I think it was 60 to 90 quid at the time. Yeah. But then I suppose that's where it's just gone up. I do in... remember like once I got paid, it was like fucking brilliant. But then that was the same with all of the, I mean, obviously for, for you know, for listeners that don't know, me and you went on to put on loads of uh, club nights over the years throughout the 90s. Yeah, and varying degrees of success. <laughs> yes. Definitely. Well, not really varying degrees. It didn't vary that much, did no. it? <laughs> but if we had the occasional one where there was a few quid at the end, oh, it was brilliant, wasn't it? it wasn't was it like, good? Can- counting out the fucking notes on the top of me full oh, escort estate. Fucking brilliant. Oh, well, that brings us on nicely. Uh, 1980 September, Ford launched the Mark III Escort. My first motor, the Mark III Escort. Blue, wasn't it? It was blue, yeah. I can't, I can't stress how excited. I've still got a diary. I kept a diary then. Oh, did you? And I've still got a diary from then where I am talking about you've got your driving test, and if you passed, we was going to go to South End that Saturday. Was that the one I failed? Yeah, <laughs> and like, and I remember being like really fucked off with you, just thinking, <laughs> "Fuck's sake, like fucking idiot," and like because we was knocking about with like. Joe and Sarah then, and I was thinking, oh, fucking brilliant. We'd be able to like take girls out in a car. Yeah, I don't go like... on with blokes and girls <laughs> in cars. But yeah, but when you did pass, oh, you drove around wearing a crash helmet for a while, didn't you? I did, I did drive around wearing a crash <laughs> I don't even know where I got that fucking crash, crash helmet from. Oh, it was from, the, it was from the youth club. That's so <laughs> fucking good, isn't it? Imagine, <laughs> imagine if you were just walking along and you see someone go past nowadays in like a fucking Astra, just wearing a crash. I remember like when, when uh, when I was in, I, I think that was inspired. Well, when I was in the sick form, we got caught, there was like a special assembly yeah. where they got these two kids up, and I remember this kid Stuart, oh, is it Stuart Masters, had a 
had a Ford Mark One Escort, like proper old fucking yeah. yellow thing, you know, like proper old rust bucket. And um, him and his mate had arrived in school and driven up the school wearing driven up to the school wearing crash helmets, like, and parked it in the school car park. <laughs> oh, and one of the teachers had seen them, and they got pulled up in front of the school and yeah. berated for like this is the thing is you're told like all. Oh, Nowadays with COVID nineteen, keep yourself safe, keep yeah. yourself safe. But then that's a it, proper what, it wasn't a good wearing thing. a crash yeah. helmet driving a car. No, they were apparently like apparently the crash helmets indicated they were gonna drive it fast and recklessly. <laughs> that's what the teacher said. But yeah, I just thought if it's fucking hilarious someone in a crash helmet in a car, you don't see it the outside of rally driving. So, so my first car was a Mark III Escort as well. Estate. Your estate, yeah. Yeah. And then and then you got an estate as well, didn't you? Yeah, well I weren't copying you, was I? Did you have yours first? No, I think I had mine slightly after. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, did you have your full escort first? <laughs> Why did we have estates? What a fucking stupid cars for <laughs> no, like... No, it was for DJ. Was it for DJ? It was for DJ, and that's what, that's what the estate was for, because you could fit all your gear in. Fold the back seats down, yeah. get all your gear. Because I had me fucking. Because then. Decks were like a coffin, weren't they? Decks were like a coffin, weren't they? Yeah. They were like, as you know, what, fucking five foot, five yeah. foot long, fucking yeah. couple of foot yeah. wide, and, and about a foot deep. They were fucking massive, weren't they? And they had the two turntables and your mixer in. Yeah. And then you had two speakers yeah. that were just like, you know, they, they were the size of like a fucking large larder. Yeah. And, and, you, and your tunes weren't on a memory stick, were they? No, they weren't on a memory stick. You, I remember you had <laughs> you had four boxes, didn't you? You called big box, little box, clip box, and dirt box. <laughs> it was a checklist. It's a checklist. Good for remembering, isn't it? It was. It was I used to just, before I shut the boot, I'd be like, big box, little box, clip box, box dirt, dirt box. box. Yep, good Check. to go. <laughs> and then that's before you've even got your lights. And I had two, two little banks of six lights that were... What, oh, like yeah, a couple like of the traffic light style, weren't they? Yeah, and then that fucking time tunnel, didn't I? That was about... what well, That was like oh, fucking yeah. three foot square as well. So if you want, you ain't going to get all that in, the, in a saloon, are you? No. You need a fucking estate. And then fast forward, like, you know... Well, we won't fast forward that long, but obviously then when we was going up to clubs in London, they were the best cars ever because... A, you was getting like a quid off everyone for petrol money. Yeah. And you could literally stick a couple of people in the boot. Fit seven people in. Yeah. yeah. And that was a regular occurrence, wasn't it? It was just like, Gerald, get in the boot. Someone was always in the boot. I, I remember <laughs> Courtney was sometimes because he was the he smallest. He was little, yeah. Yeah. But I remember Gerald being in the boot. <laughs> Gerald, we went up in convoy one night, didn't we? When that, when, when the youth worker from the tech college yeah. come up with us in his, in his red... Uh, red suit jacket and yeah. fell asleep and um, we went out in convoy in two cars and Jill was in the front in the front car but in the boot yeah. and was had his pants and trousers down and was sticking soft mints up his anus <laughs> for the entertainment of the people in the car following <laughs> they were great entertainment he was yeah <laughs> and that was when um, whenever it was cold I'd be like I'd turn your heating up and you would literally like slap my hand yeah, don't, and don't then turn it back all, down. I don't want to use all my petrol up. And I'd be like, what are you doing? He was like, oh no, it burns petrol. I was like, fuck off, does it? And you petty cunt. Like, you must have waited about 15 years. and then one, some, some point in the late 90s, I found it in a car manual. Put it in my birthday card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, he's right. It doesn't matter how long it no. takes to prove it. Right, he's no, right. No, no, absolutely. Yeah, having the heating on does burn more petrol. You, you are, I'll stand corrected. Um, all right, so what else happened in September 1980? Let's have a little look. Um, stuff that was on the television. Um, <laughs> bizarrely, Angela Rippon uh, reporting. It was on BBC One. Only three channels then. Channel 4 hadn't happened. Of course, yeah. Um, what else was uh, on then? MASH, obviously, was uh, the big American show that was being put on over here. Uh, and uh, on uh, each week uh, was International Dance. That was when uh, darts players were proper fellas, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah, um, they'd walk around the dance floor with a pint. Yeah. Like, they, they were like me, me dad and his mates, the, the darts players. Yeah. They were just... Male role models. <laughs> <laughs> they were. They were the male role models we grew up with, the likes of fucking Jockey Wilson and Eric Bristow. They, they weren't seasoned athletes, were they? <laughs> like, 
I mean, I don't know nowadays. Yeah, but they were they were the sportsmen that we grew up aspiring to, the likes of fucking Jockey Wilson, Eric Bristow, Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks. They were our sportsmen. When was they? Oh, and, and fucking Kevin Keegan doing sit-ups on... What's the fuck? Superstars. Superstars. Yeah. And Brian Jacks. <laughs> Brian Jacks. Daley Thompson. What's happened to Brian Jacks? So, um, in 1980... Yeah. Um, it was also um, the British Athletics um, Championship. Yeah. Uh, and with a time of 13.10, the 110 metres hurdles, gold went to Wilbert Greaves. Really? Yep. We're 1980? Yep. And if you look in the... But who's Wilbert Greaves? Who's Wilbert Greaves? Well, we shall tell you who Wilbert Greaves is. Um, Wilbert Greaves was... Well, he was a youth worker. Was he a youth worker? I only remember Wilbert Greaves because <clears throat> you you'd moved on to the Farrock Park estate, hadn't yeah. you? And um, I used to come down and see you, and um, there was this great big black guy, mm. and there weren't that many black people in Greys at that time. No, were there? no, not at all. Like, I, you know, I, I sort of remember from school maybe like one black kid in school, mm-hmm. and so like it was quite unusual because mm. like all, the only black people we probably saw at the time were on our mate's bedroom wall. Yeah. Like, you know, your Alexander O'Neill's, your Luther Vandrosses, your Sherricks. Your George Benson's. Be- George Benson's. Yeah. And uh, there's this great big black guy who lived in the close opposite our mate Gal. Yeah. And uh, he was just a nice guy, wasn't he? And we yeah. sort of, we'd sort of just get chatting to him and stuff. And I remember uh, he was particularly, my, my memory of Wilbert Grease, he's just this great big fucking bloke. And he was, he, was, he was super tall, wasn't he? I remember him being yeah. like ripped and stuff. Oh, tall and fucking. Well, yeah. I mean, if you, if you got one Olympic fucking, yeah, or, or one a. Yeah, you know, athletes. He's got a world record. Yeah. Oh, what was it? The fastest man out the blocks ever, only ever beaten by Ben Johnson, and then that got revoked when Ben Johnson got done for the drugs. Does he still hold the record? Go on, come on to it. I'm going to have a look. All right. So my, my memory of Wilbert Greaves was this great big fucking bloke. And uh, one time, you know, but, but also jovial and placid, a nice guy. And uh, this one time he'd, he'd been irked. By this motorcycle, oh yeah, just like bombing around the estate, like, yeah. and waking his kids up, and so he'd behind a fence, like knowing what time he was going to be there every day. Yeah, he'd behind a fence with a shovel, and then when this bloke's come, like, <laughs> on the estate, Wilbert's just jumped out from behind the fence with this shovel, and the bloke just skidded off his bike and skidded across the road, and then Wilbert's gone up and just fucking held the shovel, and the bloke's just got up and fucked off, and he never come back again. <laughs> Greaves competed in the 110 metres hurdles at the 1980 Summer Olympics and the 1984 Summer Olympics. He represented England in the 110 metres hurdles and the 400 metres hurdles events. Uh, yeah, for four years, he represented England at the Commonwealth Games. Where does it say about the world record? But anyway, yeah. Uh, 63 is Wilbert. I had no idea how fucking famous he was. Yeah. I remember seeing a picture of him in the Guinness Book of Records hurdling next to Daley Thompson, like a black and white photo. Um, and I remember just thinking, wow, that's that bloke that lives on like our estate. And, uh, oh, yeah, there's loads of pictures of him hurdling here. Oh, that's mad. Yeah, I've not seen, like, Wilbert Greaves since we were probably 16. No, I ain't seen him since we was teenagers. Our mate Gal ended up going DJing with him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, of course. If you want to just come round here quickly, yeah, go on. you can now see there's uh, Wilbert there and Daley Thompson there. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just can picture him just being so irate at them lads on the motorbikes. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, so, yeah... Um, that was uh, that was uh, I guess what was happening in sport. Um, boxing. Um, Marvin Hagler uh, this month came over to England, uh, who was this hotly tipped middleweight that everybody thought Alan Minter was going to destroy. Uh, that always happened though when we when we had someone. Yeah. Come on, Frank. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but Minter said something very derogatory about and racist about Hagler ahead of the fight, and then obviously the world didn't really know just what an animal Marvin Hagler would be and what a legend he'd go on to be, and he ripped 
Mar- uh, Alaminta's face to shreds, like the ribbons where it got stopped, and then it caused a riot at the fight, and they had to try and get Hagler out of the ring, and there was chairs and everything. It's a really, like, you can watch it on YouTube, it's madness. Yeah. Like, all of these Londoners just going absolutely nuts because their, you know, hometown hero yeah. got to paste him. Um, but yeah, uh, one of the other things, as we're, where, where are we at? Right, we're fast approaching the hour mark, so we've got a few other bits to try and uh, squeeze into the episode. But um, September saw the first ever CND rally at Greenham Common. Now, have you got any memories of the, like the word Greenham Common and like and yeah, and, like, yeah? It's, it's just the it's the new you know the kind of see it's, it's it's a very hard thing to explain to anyone that weren't around. Yeah, you know our kind of age in the eighties. Yeah. You had this kind of threat of nuclear war hanging over your head. Yeah, and as much as like you were a kid and you didn't really understand what it was, there was just it was just something, wasn't it? That that was kind of something in the background that kind of made you feel unsettled. And it it, it felt like for me, I don't think I ever thought anything was going to happen to me. But I remember thinking like, oh no, my mum and dad might die. And like, I think that was all I was ever thinking. Like, and, me and the kids will all have to go to an island and like form our own society. <laughs> but yeah, I do remember like thinking like, shit, like that's that's mental. But you know, and I don't know how many how many years later would have two tribes have been? That was like eighty five, was it? Yeah. So was it eighty four, eighty five? But it it went on like. Mid years dancing with tears in my eyes. That video, like yeah. that was eighty five as well, wasn't yeah. it? No, was it? Yeah. I was eighty four, eighty five. Yeah. No, if I was, was eighty five. So yeah, no, it would have been before that because he was solo then. So it was ultravox dancing with tears. Of oh, course, wasn't it was it? silly cunt. Yeah. Yeah. And like, <laughs> oh, <yeah>, silly cunt. Silly <laughs> cunt. <laughs> <laughs> but I do remember thinking, like seeing that video and like. And, and we mentioned before, and you've never seen Threads. Yeah. And like, fucking hell. Like, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have seen that in 1980, thankfully. Like, because I don't think I would have ever slept. But it did feel like there was something that was imminent. That yeah. like someone was going to just press this like big button and like, and everything was going to just disappear in like a mushroom cloud. It was like, I don't know, like... If, apart from the kids. Apart from the kids, yeah. I'd go and, uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going to go. But, um, but yeah, I do remember, like, being really kind of unnerved by it. And, like, every time it sort of popped up and then, like, when the wind blows and stuff like that. Yeah, when the wind blows was quite horrible. sad and arrowy, like, wasn't it? come on, let's get behind the sofa. We'll be all right. And but, you know, like, I remember my mum saying to us, like, you know, we, we, we must have just been little fucking kids in the 80s, you know, saying... Um, you know, if ever it happened, we'd all just go and get in bed and turn the gas taps on. I'm just thinking like, fucking hell, really? That's comforting. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. Oh, but, but my mum was real worst case scenario, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, it was probably... I, I remember thinking I would want to just be in a big cuddle with my mum and dad. Yeah. Like, so I don't... When was my brother born? I, um, yeah, he weren't born then. But I do remember just thinking, like, oh, yeah, what would I do, like, if the warning went? Because yeah. it was all about the, the, the three-minute warning, wasn't it? Was it three-minute, four-minute? Three-minute warning. Three-minute warning, I remember thinking, warning. yeah. And, like, just thinking, like, what if I was, like, over the dip in playing football and it went? Do you know what? Would I, I get home that. in time? What if we're out on our grifters? <laughs> I'm not going to be able to drive home quick enough. <laughs> Stick it in red gear. Three-minute warning, I've got to get home. What bike would you... Would you have had a grifter then? Because you would have been about eight foot by then. <laughs> yeah, I'd, uh, when I started to look like Peter Crouch, that's when I got rid of my chopper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I... I don't know, 1980, I might have had a... I might have had a grifter. That might have been... Yeah, yeah, maybe it was. Oh, I, that, oh, I fucking love my grifter. It was fucking brilliant. You know, like... I, you what colour was your grifter? Red. Red, wasn't it? Yeah. You had to ride it by, like, kind of going side to side yeah, like that yeah. to get some real fucking traction. Yeah. But um, And I left it out the front of the house one night and it got nicked. Should we end the podcast there? Remembering when we were young in the 80s. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 